them together. <laughs> well, we are going around the world tonight. Uh, as we come in, I'm aware of it. I've been thinking about that as much, but God is good to us, isn't he? Amen. He really is. And um, we want to be faithful, but the success does not depend on us. It depends on him. I thought I'd like to just <clears throat> take you over, since we were talking about the outreach, to Matthew 28, the last few verses, beginning verse 16, to a passage that is termed the Great Commission, which has been entrusted by the Lord to us. And uh, we've looked at that a number of times, but I want to read it to you. And uh, Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. This is now near the end of our Lord's earthly ministry. Um, he has been crucified, he's been resurrected, and he has come and gone, and he's left instruction to his disciples to meet him at a certain place in Galilee. And so they are gathered in that area. And it says in verse 16, but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. I don't know if I need to make a big thing about this, but um, it's always good to be faithful when God's people get together. Um, he's instructed us to meet together and not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Amen. And we we tend to tr treat that on a casual basis if we don't have anything else going or anything else to do or better to do then we'll go ahead and meet with the fellowship but if we've got other things to do then they take priority and but this is this is important the lord asked them to meet and they were there and verse 17 says when they saw them they worshiped him which I think is, is a very proper response, but notice the remainder of that statement said, but some of them were doubtful. And that raises the question in my mind, why was that happening? And I think by the rest of the text, it says Jesus came up and spoke to them. I think that his appearance was, he didn't come floating down out of heaven, but he came walking to them from a distance. And as they saw him coming, they, some of them said, oh, it's Jesus. And others said, no, that's not Jesus. And they were questioned. They didn't, they didn't think it was him at first. But it says in verse 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We'll stop there for just a second to recognize that when the God of the universe makes the statement that he has all authority, that's exactly what he means. There is no one or nothing that has more authority. Um, we are commissioned by the one with ultimate authority to make disciples. That's what he's going to be saying there. And that commission comes from one who has absolute authority. And if we want to be faithful to that. I want to be faithful to that. And I, I don't want to treat it casually. I know you don't either. We just need to be faithful because our Lord has told us to do so. So he says, all authority has been given to me. Notice that it's authority both in heaven and on earth. And you can't 
you can't have any more than that. The, the, the authority of heaven and the authority of earth. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, he says in verse 9, go therefore and make disciples. Or as you are going, make disciples. In other words, this is, should be an ongoing occupation. And I just have to be honest with you. I, I would like to be able to say to you that that's always on the forefront of my mind, but it is not. A lot of other things are on the forefront of my mind, things that are not important, uh, things that are, you know, we joke around, we fly around with people, we do things that are silly. I do things that are silly and um, a lot of wasted time and other things. But this is really important when he's told us that as we are going to make disciples, what's a disciple? Disciples a follower, one who's following the Lord. We, in the Peace of Elias and Sunday School class, we've been looking at John 6, where there were many of the Lord's disciples who said, I don't, I'm, I'm tired of this. I don't want to keep playing this, this hand-to-mouth game. And they left. They turned around and, said, and left the Lord. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, are you two going to go? And he made that wonderful statement, to whom shall we go? You, literally you and you alone, have the words of eternal life. And uh, that is very true. These, this book is God's word, and it's the word that gives us eternal life, lives us, leads us to the Savior for that life. And so here is the, the commission, at commission, as you are going, make disciples, make followers, that doesn't, just realize that it doesn't say to make believers. It is true that Christians are believers, but we're not, we don't just try to get somebody to make a decision and then turn around and walk away. We want them to follow the Lord. We want them to be pursuing the Lord on their own uh, because coming to Christ is, is not just uh, turning on the TV and sitting down and watching something, it is pursuing, it is investing. Um, it's, he is the priority. He becomes the reason why we are living and we want to pursue him and, and seek his face and seek to serve him and love him and honor him. I've been thinking about that a lot, uh, especially at Christmas time where we've been thinking about the Lord's coming and stuff. And I've thought of a lot of distractions in my life and I've been thinking, you know, what's, what's the purpose for living? Why am I here? Am I just here to, to have, uh, make, have a job, get money, so I can be educated or so I can educate my kids or so I can do other things? Am I here just so I can get up and go to work and go to bed and, and you see, and go through the rat race? Or is there a reason that's bigger than that? And of course, there is a reason bigger than that. It's an eternal reason and it's a reason that transcends uh, eternity really because what we do now we'll hear from eventually and we'll have we'll have um, we'll be contacting and touching things that will span eternity and so he's he's says here to be making disciples make followers go and therefore and make the followers and notice the rest of it of all nations so there's no limitation or cultural or language or even ethnic backgrounds that are limitations. We, in this country, there's a lot of, of uh, 
the struggles over borders, open borders, and and people coming in, and there's concern some with some violent people coming in and stuff like that. But the world is the mission field, and we are told to make disciples. Jesus changes hearts and lives. When people come to know him, he changes their lives, and they become different creatures. They become new creatures, as First uh, Corinthians 5.17 says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. And so here's the here's the gospel message, if you will, that we are to be going and making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism there is is was commanded in the church. It's a way of bringing people to faith and then having them make a public commitment, a public statement that they are following the Lord, that he's first. He's, he's the, the master. He's their new reason for living. He's their new master. And so he says to do that, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't need to stress that, but that's a Trinitarian statement. That all three persons of the Trinity are involved in that. That uh, The doctrine of the Trinity, the early church took a little while for that, for the the, the scholars in the, in the, uh, that were saved to really understand that, because it's a pretty heavy thing, but it is true. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, so that the gospel message and the message of the church in making disciples is to communicate God's word, God's truth, to teach them. Um, that's one of the reasons why I think that um, we see the, the people maturing and growing, and I'm very, very small, but I'm very pleased with people that are interested in teaching, that want to follow the Lord, and that take the Bible seriously. And we talk about that, don't we? We talk about studying the Bible in your quiet time in the morning, and we stress that. And uh, but that's really important. That's just that's part of the basics of life of a Christian life is that we read, study the Scriptures, obey it. Practice it and teach it to others, and uh, let that cycle continue. It's really, really foundational. So he says to be teaching them these things, to teach what I, these things that I have commanded you. And here's the reason why we know one of the reasons why we know that this command is not limited to the disciples there in Galilee. He says, "Lo, I am with you always." even to the end of the age. That, has, that spans the application to go to everybody that's a believer, that hears these, this message, that Jesus says, I'm with you to the very end of the age. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that you've been to entertainments, football games, or other things that you've gone to and you've sat down and maybe your team is really ahead or really behind and so after a while you say you know I'm, I need to get get moving and you get up and leave maybe 40 minutes earlier so you can get out and meet the crowd you know what I'm talking about well this passage right here Jesus is saying I'm not going to get up and leave early I'm going to be with you to the very last tick of the clock you have my word on that and there he is so if we're involved in this work one of the things we can be certain of is that Jesus is here and he's working with us and he's giving us his strength and his encouragement. And, you know, we really do need his encouragement and his strength. I have two sisters that I pray for regularly. They're sweet as they can be. Now, 
You may not realize it when I'm there because they give me a hard time, but they are very sweet and I love them very much. Uh, and they uh, like to clown around a lot, but I, I really want the Lord to get hold of their hearts and lives. And there are other people that I pray for. I pray for a lot of people that I, I don't pray as much as I should, but I try to. And I want them to come uh, to know the Lord. And it's a privilege to pray because he's the one that gets hold of their lives. He's the one that's working. And so we ask him to do that. And you can do it. Uh, I was talking to, hmm, I'm not, I guess it was this morning, I was talking that uh, last night after I turned the light off, I was laying in my bed in that, little, that house there in that little room there way back in the mountains all alone. Uh, except for the cats. I have my two cats there. But uh, I was talking to the Lord, and he hears me. He actually listens to me, and he's interested in what I have to say, and uh, what I have to say is really not, I'm sure, not worth a hill of beans, but he is interested in it, and, and he works in my heart and my life, and I pray for people and pray for things, and, and he answers, and he answers his way. He doesn't always answer. In fact, usually, most of the time, it looks like to me that he doesn't hear, that he's busy. But I know he hears because I know what God's word says. I know he hears and I know he answers. But again, he doesn't answer fast enough for me. I want the answer my way and I want it as quick as I can get it. And you, you sure, I'm sure you had that experience. But he doesn't bring it that quickly. And he doesn't uh, come to my snapping of the fingers and as a servant, because he's not a servant, he's the Lord. He's, he's my shepherd, and he's my king, and he's my God, and he's my savior, and I come to him. But he takes the prayers and the requests, and he answers them in perfect harmony with what he's doing in my life and other people's lives and doing going on in Washington and going on in Ukraine and other places. He's working all of these things out to bring about his perfect plan. Some things he's doing to bring judgment on people, some things he's doing to bring blessing on people, and uh, but he's working, and he, he even hears me when I'm there in that little room up there in the mountains in the dark, and uh, he's working, and I appreciate that. I really do, and I, I've, in the last two or three years, especially since we've, we've had this big uh, struggle with the virus, pandemic, COVID, and that kind of stuff, I've been really aware that he's just been every Sunday. It seems like that he's. I can see him pointing his finger on me and things in my life that need to be need to have that attention. And he's so good to do that. And I'm so glad he does that. I wish sometimes he'd do it my way, but I know he's going to do it the best way. And that's what you want. And that really is almost a blasphemous statement in itself to tell the Lord that I want it my way instead of your way, which is best. We know his way is best. We know that. And we don't have to to make up um, excuses for things like that. We just know that he's doing what's right and doing what's best. And and we want that, don't we? So tonight we're here, and we're here to remember the Savior, to focus on him. And uh, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord's blessing on this time, but I'm not going to close that prayer. I'm, I'm gonna, after I finish praying, I'm going to sit down and give anybody and everybody an opportunity to pray. Not that you need me to give you an opportunity, you can pray anytime, but I'm going to give you a chance to pray publicly if you want. And uh, then I'm going to ask Larry, do you mind uh, closing the, that prayer? And we'll just remember the Lord. Let me pray with you. Dear Father, I do thank you for this time.
Thank you for your word. Thank you for your commission. You are such a, a magnificent and great savior. And we are so overwhelmed with your majesty and your glory and your goodness. And we are not worthy to even speak your name. And yet you have not only told us to come to you, but you have died for us to pay for our sins so that we can come before you and stand before you and not be destroyed by your holiness. And so thank you for this, this opportunity we have to come again in your presence. Thank you for these people that are here. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and how you are working to make us more like, like yourself. I do pray for this time as we are here to take the elements, the bread uh, and the, the juice, the fruit of the vine, uh, which is just the rest of bread and fruit of the vine. It's not, not really a body or blood or anything. And we partake it as a symbol that we have partaken of you in salvation, that we have that, that very uh, close bond with our blessed Lord. Thank you so much for your goodness to us. You told us in this passage in 1 Corinthians to examine ourselves. It's one of the one of the few places that I know of where we're told to examine ourselves when we come. We know we do it, but we want to come and come with maybe introspection to look inside our hearts to be sure that we have confessed our sin. You told us to do that, 1 John 1, 9. And so we want to, to bring our sin and our wretchedness and the distractions that we have and i pray that you would bring them to our attention that we might confess them that this time of worship uh, as we take these elements would be a time that is free from these distractions and that you would have free reign in our hearts help us to to really surrender to you help us to be useful to you and to honor and exalt and glorify your precious name. 